Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You might think I'm crazy. Back with you here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Chris Thomas in for the guys on Dukes and Bell, taking you up until 6 p.m. Caleb Johnson comes your way then one half of the dopey millennials. But right now we are entrenched in the middle of the off-season Falcons roundtable. I got my buddy Joe Patrick, our very own Falcons reporter slash insider, as we've determined at the start of the segment, <laughs> in studio with me until 5 Let's go. p.m. And we got more calls to get to. Any topic for the Falcons is on the table. What questions do you have? 404-741-0929. Blake, you're in the game. You're up next. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? I got you. Gotcha. What's up? Hey, uh, two-part question for you guys, kind of talking about what the fan base ideals are and kind of relating it back to what insiders like Joe have to say. Um, of course, the hot topic I'm sure you guys are going to get to is the Lamar Jackson question, and I'm not a fan of that idea, and I'll explain why. You know, the talent for the quarterback itself, he is undoubtedly a great player, but he's not what the Falcons need. He is, the Falcons are not a quarterback away. Um, and now that he's on the franchise tag, it makes it harder for Atlanta to get. You have to give away a lot of what you've saved up in your cap over the last couple of years and a lot of your draft capital, which isn't much to, to begin with. My, my frustration is that people were complaining about us having the end of Matt Ryan's prime with no roster, but the same people saying that we should go out and get this guy who has one career playoff win, hasn't been healthy the last few years, like, why don't we go the short-term, quantity over quality, throw out this roster, avoid another cap hell, and uh, fix this team, and maybe after he's off the franchise tag in a couple of years, if Desmond isn't the guy, and we realize that, maybe then you consider going for a quarterback. But, yeah, like, why can't we stick to a side and fill out this roster? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. Thanks so much for making it. Uh, first of all, I agree with him a thousand percent, mm-hmm. and I've said it on this show before even earlier today. I am firmly in the camp. Give Ritter the season. Let's see what he's got. You are in, Joe, a once-in-a-lifetime or maybe a once-in-a-decade at minimum situation with the amount of cap space that you have and a free slot of draft picks rocking and rolling and ready to go. If the Falcons go all-in on a Lamar Jackson, on a Justin Fields, on any of these guys that are out there to bring them in, you are sinking so much into one guy of what took you years to unload from this team. That's why I'm sticking with Ritter. I don't know if he's going to be great. It's four games. No one out there listening, not me, you, or even Arthur Smith, can say for 100% that Ritter's going to be the next guy for the Falcons long term. But what I do know is we have a lot better shot of filling the other holes with the guys that could be the guys at their respective positions than if we trade – 
two first round picks and then give Lamar Jackson a two hundred million dollar contract that's fully guaranteed. Yeah, let's get this out of the way first. Like Lamar Jackson's obviously a great quarterback, MVP, you know, type of quarterback. Like, like any team would like to have a quarterback like that. I thought you know the Super Bowl was very interesting from a Falcons perspective because it kind of shows the two ways that a team can go. It can go the kind of Eagles way, which is you know, draft a quarterback that you can kind of mold and fit into a system and, and you know, bring it, sign players and build a team, um, a build a really well-rounded team, and the quarterback just kind of has his duties to fulfill. And then you have the Chiefs, who have a superstar quarterback, kind of like Lamar Jackson, uh, where you have Patrick Mahomes, who can drive your offense completely. And those are two legitimate ways to build a team. Um, the difference for the Falcons in this respect is exactly what you're talking about, where you know, the Chiefs didn't have to trade for Patrick Mahomes. They didn't have to trade away nope. three first-round picks uh, plus some, you know, probably to get him, uh, like the Falcons would have to do if they want to trade for Lamar Jackson. So They that, also already had a starting quarterback. That's right. That's right. So so you ha- you take that into account. And then here's the other, uh, the other thing, and this is why I don't want to just disparage Lamar Jackson, but, you know, this Falcons offense is not one like the Chiefs where you're going to drop back 40 times in a game and let Patrick Mahomes work. Um, that's not the way it would operate, I don't think, even if Lamar Jackson was to come into Arthur Smith's system. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball, and certainly Lamar Jackson, if you were to bring him into the Falcons, would be a part of that r- rushing offense. But you just don't need to give up so much equity in your team to add to uh, you know a, a, an offense that might have the quarterback throwing 25 times a game, ideally. Uh, you know, it just, does, just doesn't make sense to me in that respect. Um, Lamar Jackson would fit this offense, I think. I just don't sure. think that the what you would have to give up to get him, plus pay him the $50 million contract a year that he'd probably be asking for, would be worth it for this Falcons team where you have, to your point, you finally cleared the road for you ahead and you can, you know, there's any myriad of options are there for you. And it's not like there's nobody at quarterback. Like I think Desmond Ritter really showed something last year. I know some people want to poo-poo it because it was only four games, but I think you have to look at those four games and say, okay, well, what did we see in these four? It was actually promising. It's something that you feel like you can build on going forward. And so I just don't feel like it's worth it for the Falcons to do that. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You've, this, this took too long. There was too much buildup for this. And you're simply in a position that you're not going to be in for a very long time. Let's keep it rolling. 404-741-0929. JR, also in traffic. I'm noticing a theme here today, guys. <laughs> JR, you're in the game. Hey, fellas, it's Sam again in the game, though. How you guys doing? What, <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, man, I was just listening to a lot of key factors and points that a lot of people had, and I agree with a lot of them. But I think the main thing uh, that Atlanta has to do is, is uh, follow the template of what the Eagles, the Bengals, and what Jacksonville did. Now, I'm not saying being a you know a heavy spender in free agency, but just find guys that make sense. Me, personally, guys, if we could get a center, left guard, D tackle, defensive end, um, I'm kind of cool with that and kind of get everything to the draft. But the point that I want to make, and I think a lot of people have to uh, factor in, is the fact that we got the uh, – his name is uh, missing. I think it's Jerry Gray, the guy that we hired from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Not only is he the secondary coach, you know, he's the assistant head. So I think he's going to put his stamp this offseason on the secondary. I wouldn't be shocked if we went cornerback at number eight, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. And that's actually something I was going to get to, 404-741-0929, the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. we got a bunch of texts to get to. We'll do that in the next segment. But one texter said, if Stroud or Young are there at eight, would you consider taking them? No, I wouldn't. There's too many other needs. 
this Joe, I am putting a line in the sand. These three positions are being taken in the first, second, and third round. No exceptions. Let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah. Interior defensive line, mm-hmm. offensive lineman, cornerback. Mm-hmm. No exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I None. agree. I agree. It, you know, I think that if if Stroud or Young is kind of, if feels fanciful to think that if Bryce Young might be there uh, at there's number no eight. There's no shot of that. There's <laughs> right. no, CJ Stroud, there's like a 5% chance. Right. Bryce Young, there's right. 0%. But chance. I think if, if one of those players is there, I mean, I think the best thing the Falcons can do is trade down at that point because at that point, they're probably the last kind of one of these top tier quarterbacks left. And I think teams would give up a whole heck of a lot to be able to move up in that slot because if they want, you know, a quarterback of that caliber, they're going to have to, you know, they're, they're going to be desperate essentially uh, to, to get that quarterback before anybody else. So I think the Falcons would have a ton of leverage. And I think it would be great for them when you're watching this draft. If, you know, one of these top quarterbacks is slipping down the board, I think it spells good things for this Falcons team. But I agree. I, I think that they should, you know, I, I don't think that they need to target a quarterback. And on the drafting the quarterback spot, if you draft a quarterback here, what, is this, what does that do to Desmond Ritter? Is that just, you know, he's basically a waste for you at that point? He's just, I'd hope not. I mean, because he was a third-round pick. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would hope so. not either. It's just it, To me, it just would not make sense for this team to have drafted a quarterback last year that you then started for four games and you saw good things and you legitimately like – and then you draft a quarterback again in the first round. I just, I just don't see that happening. And, um, yeah, I agree with the caller that, you know, I think that this defense, th- this draft will be kind of de- very defense-focused. And the whole Falcons offseason strategy, I think, is going to be heavily defense-laden because we, we have so many pieces set up here um, to be effective offensively, especially with, you know, this offensive line that really emerged last year. There aren't nearly as many question marks as we thought we would have at this point. Uh, I think that, yeah, defense is going to be – the way that this team builds itself up to be a, a playoff contender. 404-741-0929. We're in the middle of the Falcons offseason roundtable. Chris Thomason for Dukes and Bell this afternoon, taking you up until 6 p.m. we got our main man, Joe Patrick, in studio, taking your Falcons questions and calls. Allison in Atlanta, you're up next. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, oh! it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. How's everybody doing? Hey, what's up? Hi. Good, good. have a uh, couple of comments and questions. Um... In terms of Kyle Pitts, what is our expectation for him? This will be year three for him, uh, and he and granted he's coming off of an injury. So, would it be a good idea to maybe if we could get a veteran uh, tight end via free agency to you know somebody we're not paying a whole ton of money to just to come in and maybe help him out, um, just to kind of help him get his you know get his sea legs back, um, you know, in terms of the offense. About maybe moving uh, Cordero Patterson to the wide receiver room and drafting another uh, running back to add to that room to see what we have there. And I know, you know, we, we've talked about the, the defense and everything, and I definitely appreciate you guys' comments on that because we all know where we are defensively. But those were my questions on the offensive side, more or less, especially uh, expectations for Kyle going into his third year. Thank you so much for the phone call, Allison. Two good questions. Mm-hmm. I think. Now, I, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Is Michael Pruitt still under contract? Uh, I think 
Uh, actually, I don't know. Uh, he's I, can, not, I can look it Eric, up. Producer Eric saying no. right now he's not. No. Well, you know what? They need I to think bring he'll be his, a target. They yeah. need to bring his butt right back up there, and I need to see a lot of two tight end formations. Mm-hmm. He was good. And I think that he would legitimately, you know, sign back with this team for reasons beyond money. I mean, obviously money is going to be the driving force, but he's a player that's familiar with Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is very familiar with him going all the way back to Tennessee. So, yeah, I I think that Michael Pruitt's going to be the guy um, that kind of is the understudy to Kyle Pitts. I think Allison does bring up a legitimate question as to, like, what this tight end room should look like, you know, and I think that you all you need kind of inline blocker that will, uh, you know, be work in tandem with some of these guys, especially considering that, you know, Arthur Smith basically runs two tight ends as his kind of base formation. But Parker Hesse, he's a he's a starter for this team. Everybody should just consider him as one of the the, the starters on offense because he's on the field maybe more than just about any other. I look player. at him as like a tweener, like he's an, a decent blocker. He's a decent receiver. I think we need another Lee Smith type in here. Mm. Hand in the dirt guy, maybe a little overweight, but can still catch the ball. And he he knows his primary job is to help that offensive line block. Yeah. We have our glamour guy. That's number eight. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. And by the way, health wise, he will be a hundred percent full go, ready to go this you know, when when we get up to next season. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts is going to break out and have his best year of his NFL career next year. I thought that him just being partnered with Marcus Mariota, frankly, they just did not have a connection. Despite the fact that you know they said he said all the right things, Kyle credit to him for not kind of being pushy about his lack of targets and such uh, while he was still healthy. But I think that he will clearly have a better rapport with Desmond Ritter going into next year, and that's why I would expect uh, really really big things from him and from this whole offense. I think it's going to really open things up. All right, one more before we catch a break here. 404-741-0929. Great job on the phones. Keep them coming. We got another segment coming up with Joe. Ben and Griffin, you're up next in the game. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, man? Hey, nothing much. Uh, look, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter. Uh, one thing I think people are overlooking when it comes to the discussion about Ritter and uh, maybe getting a new quarterback is uh, I feel like with Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith coming in, and they drafted Desmond Ritter, if we're going already in the next year and getting another quarterback to take his place, doesn't that say something about how they uh, evaluate and draft players? Uh, you know, not to say that they're thinking about getting another quarterback, but, you know, that's the word out there. Uh, that's it. Thanks. Yeah, I totally agree. That, that's exactly kind of the point. Drop, uh, drop the, the mic <laughs> moment there. We got the we got the boot. <laughs> that's kind of the point that I was making. Where like it, it really would show that you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants if you go ahead and draft a quarterback here after you know what you went through and you spent a year basically developing. Desmond Ritter and again this team really really likes Desmond Ritter he's a guy who's like one of the first ones in the building every day you know I think that that's going to be the future for this team you know a couple of texts I'm going to bring this up there's a guy that we didn't discuss that a couple of texters have written in about a question that we were just asked about and this guy I think could fill the position but we just haven't seen it yet so we'll get to that and much more next keep those phone calls coming 404 7410929 this is the Falcons offseason roundtable with Joe Patrick and Chris Thomas and for Dukes and Bell right here sports radio 929 the game